0: let's say praise the Lord. I got to tell you, you know, Steve, where are you? Can you come down here to the front for just a second? And let's just sing a stanza or two of He is Lord. And I want us to just one more time because we're getting into some deep waters tonight. So let's do that. Can we? Just cappella, That'd be great. And let's stand and sing one more time, everybody. Can we?
1: He is Lord. He is Lord. Lord. He He is. is Lord.
0: my Lord. Sing it right to
1: him. You're, You're my Lord. you
0: We come to you tonight, hungry and thirsty for Jesus Christ. We come to you, Lord, tonight knowing that we do not live by bread only, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. Lord, feed our spirits. Give wisdom to our souls. Edify, exhort, and strengthen us and comfort us in the Holy Ghost tonight. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, will you breathe a prayer and say, Lord, I receive your word with meekness. Amen. All right, stay standing. Just long enough to read this first verse together. We're in verse 5 in Jude that only has one chapter. Let's read it out together, can we? But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Well, turn to your neighbor and say, thank God we're in the New Testament. Now I want to just forewarn you a little bit tonight that we're going into uh, sort of the twilight zone of Scripture tonight. Uh, This is some deep stuff. We're going to talk about, as I titled the message, When Angels Fell. As far as I can tell in the Word of God, there is a record of two incidents where angels fell. The first one is when they rebelled with Lucifer before the found or before man was created. Because when we find the devil, when we first encounter the devil in the Bible, he's already a fallen creature. He's already slithering about in the in the body of a serpent. He appears to Eve this way. So at the dawn of mankind we find Lucifer already fallen, already judged, already disembodied. So something happened before the creation of man, and it was the rebellion of, we're told, a third of the angels of God. A third of the angels of God rebelled, and when they did, they became disembodied spirits. They lost their glory, their luster. They lost their place and their position with God, and they fell. They became disembodied spirits, and they were transformed from angelos, angels, to demons. That's how they became demons. And all of this took place before the creation of Adam and Eve. You with me? All right? Now the second time I see where angels fell, we're about to get into it, and we'll see in just a moment that it happened in the days of Noah, in the days of Noah. And so I'm just going to go through the Word of God, and and, uh, I want you to follow very carefully. You're going to have to put on your thinking caps tonight, which is fine. God did give us a noggin. Amen? He gave us a brain. So, buckle your seatbelt, and we're going to see that angels also fell again, rebelled against God a second time in the days of Noah, which the Bible clearly talks about. But let's now look at what Jude first said. He's talking to whoever. We don't know who he addressed this to, he doesn't give us a destination but whoever he was talking to he said he's talking to them he knows them apparently and said very well because he says I want to remind you though you once knew what I'm about to tell you you once knew it it was once clearly in the forefront of your thinking he says though you once knew it I find the need now to remind you notice that after stating the purpose of his letter namely the apostate teachers in the visible church on earth Jude is now looking back at the apostasy of Israel the angels and at the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah he's going to isolate three sets of people three time periods he's going to talk about the apostasy of Israel and the fall of angels and the sins of Sodom and Gomorrah and he's comparing the fate of these three sets of people to the false teachers. He is painting a really bleak picture of these folks' future. He's holding them up against these three. Now, the phrase, though you once knew this, suggests a little bit of anxiety and upbraiding. It smacks of Paul's letter to the Galatians when he says things like this to the Galatians Quote, You ran well. Who has hindered you from obeying the truth? Or how about this one? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of of the law or by the hearing of faith? And I can add one that I didn't put in here. Remember when he said, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? I mean, he really rebukes the Galatians, all right? Now, there's the same feeling, the same tenor, the same kind of voice in Jude. When he said, there's an exasperation in Paul's voice toward the Galatians, and now here in Jude's as well. You once knew all of this that I'm about to go over with you very well, but now you need reminding, he seems to say. How many of you have ever had the Holy Spirit tap you on the shoulder and say, you know this. You know this. Do I have to remind you of what you've heard so many times? This is what Jude is doing. He's saying, you know, you, what I'm about to teach you and go over with you, you already knew all of this. I, it, it's too bad I have to go over it with you again. That's what he's saying. Here we go. Jude is addressing the fact that after having been convinced by the spies, the 12 spies, that Canaan was indeed flowing with milk and honey evidenced by the grapes they brought back and remember Joshua and Caleb said we can take the land they're not giants they're like grasshoppers and we are like giants to the other ten the other ten spies said we were like grasshoppers and they were giants But Joshua and Caleb said, no, they're like grasshoppers and we're giants. You know, folks, sometimes your victory depends on how you're looking at the battle and how you're looking at your enemy. To the ten spies who took down the whole nation, they saw the, the enemy as indefeatable. We can't beat them. There's no way we can overcome them but the two said no big deal in God we can go and we can win it was all a matter they both looked at the same enemy and they saw two different things two different things but now they brought back the giant grapes and the children of Israel saw the giant grapes and they heard the report of Joshua and Caleb that it was a doable thing to take the enemy and take the promised land but the children of Israel still refused to enter the land this was sinning with eyes wide open and could only be dealt with by the death penalty God declared over that generation capital punishment he said I take you out of Egypt I bring you into the wilderness I mess with you deal with you struggle with you fight with you for forty years and I get you to the edge of victory bring you right to the mouth of the Jordan, I send spies over. They come back with the giant grapes, and ten of them go to telling you that it's not a doable thing. But two of them are telling you the truth. They're speaking the word of faith. And what do you do? A whole generation who saw me pour out ten plagues on the Egyptians to deal to uh, deliver you from bondage. And what do you do after seeing the cloud by day, the fire by night, the water come out of the rock, the miracles? All the signs and the wonders, what do you do? You say, We can't do it. And you walk in unbelief and you refuse to take what I've given you. He says, Capital crime. The first generation croaked in the wilderness.
1: <laughs>
0: now, if I'm the kids of those people, I'm watching real close. And I'm going, "Uh uh-oh, uh-oh. Because they all, you know, we know they had kids because the second generation went on over with the two who had preached faith. And I began to see now, well, the people who listened to the 10 who were speaking unbelief, they're all dying. I believe I'll go with Joshua and Caleb. And when that last adult, that last first generation child of Israel died. They said, we're with you, Joshua. We're following you, Caleb. We're not saying nothing. We got it. God wants us to cross over. Got it. Yes, sir. Show us where to step. Got it. Uh Uh-huh. So he says, now keep those people in mind. And here's his point. Notice even God's own people perished when they didn't obey him. Now he's making a point because he's, he's pointing now towards these false teachers. He's, he's going somewhere with this. Now, verse 6, let's read it together, can we? And the angels who did not keep their proper domain. Now, now y'all, stop a minute, stop a minute. You're have to read this real careful. Now, you're doing good, but I want you to catch what we're reading because this is heavy stuff, alright? He's talking about angels not people like you and me now let's just start over I want you to just think about what you're reading and the angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day from the apostasy of Israel Jude now turns to the sin of the angels of God he says they kept not their first estate now what angels is he talking about you gotta ask yourself that when you read this who's he talking about the ones who rebelled before Adam and Eve were created no we know that's not who he's talking about because of what Peter tells us the angels that Jude refers to are from Noah's day and they're mentioned by Peter so let's read out loud for christ also suffered once for sins the just for the unjust that he might bring us to god being put to death in the flesh but made alive by the spirit by whom who's the whom the spirit, the spirit. also he went and preached to the spirits in. now i'm scratching my head. the spirits in prison jesus went by the spirit and preached to spirits in prison who is he talking about let's keep reading who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of noah while the ark was being prepared now we read that here's what we think we think oh well he's talking about the people who didn't listen to the preaching of noah and they perish in the flood. He's talking about human beings. They perish in the flood. And so somehow or another, Jesus went and preached to them between his death and resurrection. Is that what he's saying? No. And I'm going to show you why. Went is from the Greek word meaning to go on a journey. Jesus went on a journey between the death and the re- his death and the resurrection. He went on a journey. He went. According to Peter, between Jesus' burial and resurrection, he went on a journey by the power of the Spirit to preach to spirits in prison. Well, where'd you go, Jesus? What's this all about? Well, the word "spirits." Let's just go into the language a little bit. The word "spirits" here comes from the Greek word "numa." Numa—that's the word for spirit in Scripture. Pneuma is never used to refer to mankind, never. It is only used to refer to either an angel or a demon. Now, I'm going to give you an example. Hebrews 1, 7. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels, what everybody? Spirits. Now, if you're reading that in the Greek text, you would read pneuma. And his minister is a flame of fire. So, when he's talking about angels in the New Testament, when the writers were talking about angels, they used the Greek word pneuma. Everybody with me? This is real simple. This is elementary. Okay? Now, so was Peter referring to angels or to demons when he said Christ went and preached to spirits? All right? If we know that it wasn't a human being, then who was he talking to, angels or demons? He said Christ went and preached to what, everybody? Spirits. He went and preached to plural spirits. It had to be demons or fallen angels because unfallen angels are not imprisoned. The Bible reveals that unfallen angels, what do they do? Serve God night and day. According to Scripture, there are two prisons in the unseen world where evil spirits are confined and jesus went to one of the two because it says he went and preached to what spirits where in prison well he didn't go to huntsville he didn't go to gatesville he didn't go to sing sing he didn't go to alcatraz where'd he go second peter two four peter's gonna tell us where he went for if god did not spare the angels who did what sin So angels, they did. They sinned. But cast them down where, everybody? To hell and delivered them into what? Chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. I read this stuff and I go, this author, Peter, used to be a fisherman. Look what Jesus did with him. Look what he's writing about by revelation of the Holy Ghost. He used to just cast the net in and bring in a drought of fish and hope that he had enough to last until the next day. Now here he is talking about these profundities. Golly, if he can do that with him, what can he do with you? Ah, i got to read it again. Here's Peter talking. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned but cast them down to hell, and deliver them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. So, angels did sin, Peter told us so. And they were judged, Peter told us so. And they were cast into prison. Now, the word hell that Peter used in that verse is from the Greek word tartaros. I, I always think of tartar sauce when I read that. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but I just do. Tartaros. Tartaros. That's, that's the word, though, in the Greek. That, so, can you say it with me? Tartaros. You'll, you'll never forget it. Just say, he says something about tartar sauce. And, and you know some Greek. But now, tartaros. Tartaros might be compared to a holding cell where evil spirits are chained in darkness awaiting judgment. That's what Peter said. There is a place. Hell is the way we translate it into English, but in the Greek it was called Tartaros. And right now there are angels reserved in that place waiting for judgment. Everybody with me? Nod. I mean, we're just going real slow here. I want you to catch this. Can you say amen? I got it. If you don't have it, do this. Good. I don't have any. Good. The second prison for evil spirits is the bottomless pit. We read about that in Revelations 9, 1 and 2. Can we read it together? And I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit, and he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So there is a second place demons go called the bottomless pit. Bottomless pit is from the Greek word, Abu sauce. You know what I'm going to say. Apple. It's applesauce. <laughs> I'm telling you. Abu sauce. So, tartar sauce, applesauce, and you learn two Greek words. All right. Abu sauce. It describes, here's what it, when somebody used that in the Greek language, when John was using that, here's what he was thinking of it describes an immeasurable depth, the underworld, the lower regions. The reference above, in the book of Revelation that we just read, he opened the bottomless pit and smoke arose, the reference above is to the lower regions as the abode of demons. It's there, it's there. They say, well, is it physical or spiritual? I don't know. I don't need to know. Okay, so where are the two places? Tartaros? Applesauce, oh man. <laughs> Don't call a talk show or anything and say, I know some Greek, applesauce. <laughs> They'll nail you. All right. So here's an example of Abu Sauce. Luke 8, 30 and 31. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? Talking to the demons in the gathering demoniac. And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him, that man. And they begged him that he would not command them to go out into the abyss, which is Abusos. They begged Jesus, don't send us to the bottomless pit. They begged him not to do it. And so he sent him into the swine because what demons want, ladies and gentlemen, always, they want something to occupy. They want flesh to occupy. They don't, they dread this place that is their fate. Abusos. Okay, to which of these places did Jesus go to preach between his death and resurrection? Which place was it? Well, Peter tells us. Peter gives the answer. First, they sinned in Noah's day. He makes that clear. 1 Peter 3, you can read it yourself, 19 and 20. They sinned in Noah's day. He went and preached to the spirits in prison who formerly were disobedient when once the divine long suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. So something happened in the spirit world in the days of Noah. Something took place That brought a judgment on angels, not human beings. We know that the human beings were judged in the flood, but he's not talking about human beings. He's talking about pneuma, spirits. So, what in the world happened in Noah's day? What took place in Noah's day that they were judged, that they sinned against God? We're gonna find out. Second Peter tells us then where God sent them. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell. So where'd they go? Tartaros. That's where he sent them. And that's where they are right now. And did not spare the ancient world, but he saved Noah. Now, I want you to be real clear with me, everybody. He says God didn't spare the angels who sinned. Not talking about people. He didn't spare the angels who sinned. Well what did they do? The Bible is clear that in the days of Noah a portion of the angels of God sinned and were cast into Tartaros, chained in darkness, and are awaiting the judgment. What then did they do? What was the sin of these angels? Jude gives us the answer. Let's read it again. Read it with me everybody, can you? And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, which means office and dignity, but left their own abode he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day so the first thing that they did in their sin they left the place that God had made for them which was heaven they left heaven according to Jude, the angels left their first or their original status as angels to violate the laws of God which kept them separate from the human race everybody with me now I've gone slow enough that we're seeing this is straight out of scripture this is deep stuff but this is straight out of the Word of God now Moses mentions this tragedy and now we're gonna really see what took place can you read Genesis 6 2 with me the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose now follow me carefully the phrase sons of god is only found in three places in the old testament job one six now there was a day when the sons of god came to present themselves before the lord and satan also came among them who were the sons of god in that text the angels hello well it wasn't people Now here's the next time. Again there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. This was a spiritual approach on the part of spiritual beings toward God. And those two are in the book of Job. Now here's Job again. When the morning stars sang together and all of the who? Sons of God shouted for joy. That's at the creation of the world. It's telling us that angels rejoice at the creation of the world. But that's it. The phrase sons of God is, it never refers to, to human beings in the Old Testament. Now you may be thinking, well, they do in the, in the New Testament, Pastor Jeff, but see, we're reading Moses' words and the Old Testament words. Never in the Old Testament were human beings called sons of God. Only angels. Only angels. Okay? The phrase sons of God is never used to describe human beings. The sons of God Moses mentions were fallen angels who left heaven in rebellion against God. On the angels' part, this was apostasy with a vengeance. He says, But they left their own abode. He has reserved them in everlasting chains till darkness for the judgment of the great day. The word left comes from a Greek word meaning to leave behind. These angels that rebelled left heaven behind. They abandoned heaven. And left is in the aorist tense meaning a once for all action. Happened back there and it's done. They left and it's done. I wish I had a picture of y'all's faces right there. If you're with me say amen. amen. Now we're just cruising through scripture here darkness the darkness that they are being held in is zophos meaning blackness It's used of the darkness of the netherworld they burned all their bridges behind them these angels and descended into a sphere the earth that God created for men not angels and what did they do when they left their abode and came to earth Jude says read it with me having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh As hard as it is to believe, the sons of God, fallen angels, mingled sexually with the daughters of men. It was a mingling of two different orders of beings. Strange flesh means flesh of a different kind, and in this case it means an opposite or diametrically opposed nature. Speaking of the angels' intercourse with women, and I'm quoting this is not my words, straight out of Weis, the Bible Greek commentator. this is not me. Because I knew, you would, might want to know that. Speaking of the angels' intercourse with women, which was forbidden flesh, the result was there were giants on the earth in those days, Moses tells us. And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. And what that means, renown means, not famous, but infamous. Infamous folks this was a huge transgression this was a tragedy now I want you to follow me I believe this is one of the reasons God wiped out the whole planet except for Noah and his family because according to Peter and according to Jude and according to Moses angels rebelled came to earth I don't know Uh, if they took on the form of human beings. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that this is what Jude and Peter and Moses say happened. And infamous evil giants were born as a result of this. And I believe when God saw this happening, here's what he saw happening. This was Satan's attempt to stop the appearance of Messiah Through the seed of woman, by finally, ultimately making all human beings part human and part supernatural. Ruining the appearance of Messiah. You say, this sounds like Steven Spielberg. Yeah, I was real careful to put all this up here and show you and then just walk you through the verses there's just no way around this this is what happened no way around it I'm just giving you some time to, to just let that settle <laughs> then turning his focus on Sodom and Gomorrah here's what Jude says as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these. Who's the these? The angels. He's saying Sodom and Gomorrah went after strange flesh just like the angels did. I'm gonna say it, men with men, women with women. And the Bible calls that strange. I'm not coming against anybody, I'm just saying this is what's there, okay? Are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Wow. Jude says that these angels are now reserved in everlasting chains under darkness. Reserved is from a Greek word meaning to be placed under careful guard and is in the perfect tense. They are continually guarded completely and carefully, awaiting the judgment that's what jude tells us I told you Jude was deep I told you it may be too deep for some of you you may go out of here and freak a little bit you shouldn't because this is what the Bible told us this, this is a century this was written century I mean two thousand years ago now everlasting chains means a band or a bond they are in custody Detained in a certain place. The custody is everlasting. So that when God judged with the flood and all of humankind was wiped out except for Noah and his family, he also judged these angels. And these angels were put in Tartaros. It is these angels Jesus went and preached to. Now is it coming together? It's these angels he went and preached to. Thank you. I'm, I'm trekking through here. In the days of Noah, the angels of God left their proper place, which was heaven, and descended into the sin of fornication with earthly women. What was this all about? Why did it happen? I've already told you, but let's read it again. Can we out loud? This was a satanic attempt to pervert two distinct orders of creatures to bring about a mixed race, partly human, partly superhuman which would have thwarted the divine plan of producing a redeemer from the seed of the woman. Diabolical. The satanic plan failed when all flesh perished in Noah's flood, saving Noah and his family. And with Noah and his family, God said, we starting over. No giants that that are as a result of this kind of mix. We're starting over. What did Jesus preach to these fallen angels from Noah's day? Well, I'd like to hear that sermon. Because Jesus went there and preached to those fallen angels. What did he say when he visited Tartarus? I think he said, I'm sorry. But he sure could. I think he said, you tried, but it didn't work. Because I just hung on the cross. I spilled my innocent blood. It flowed down that wooden tree. It washed away the sins of mankind. And now I'm about to rise from the dead. Your plot to stop me did not work. (laughs) Woo! Isn't that powerful stuff when you really walk through it? because it was a diabolical attempt to stop Messiah. Oh! Jude closes this incredible discussion with the words, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, remember, who's he pointing to with these three examples? The people of Sodom? The angels? Who's he pointing to? The false teachers. Children of Israel, the angels. He said, "If God didn't spare His own children, His own chosen people, if He didn't spare His angels, they're locked up now. And if He didn't listen, then who do you think you are? Suffering." He says, "When He says that they're suffering the vengeance of eternal fire, I tell you, folks, I read words like that, and 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 how can you say that the Bible doesn't talk about a hell in whatever way it manifests?" There you have it. Suffering is from a word meaning to hold under, to put under, to sustain, to undergo. The participle ing is present. Suffering meaning, it indicates in the Greek language that both the angels that sinned and the citizens of Sodom and Gomorrah are suffering to this day, right now, to the punishment which came upon them in Lot's time. That's what he says. I mean, you, you can't get around it. It's there. That's what he says. So, so they said, well, God doesn't see, God doesn't care. I'll do whatever I want to do. I'll thumb my nose at him and ignore him. And boy, when the judgment came, the angels who had rebelled against him and came to earth in total rebellion against the, the, the order of God, the divine order, and began to cohabit with women however they did it, I don't know God said I haven't forgotten you either and he judged them and right now they are held in Tartaros and they're waiting for the great white throne judgment that will call them up before God and there they will be cast into the lake of fire which both Tartaros and Abyssos are not those are holding tanks sort of the lake of fire has not been split open by a single thing yet. It's waiting for Satan and his hordes, his demons.
1: <sighs> mm.
0: Boy, isn't that powerful stuff! So let's stand together, can we? You know, it's funny what you cannot see as a human being. We we can't see into Tartarus, but right now they're there. And I'm so glad for the blood and that we're redeemed. And it kept us from certain judgment. Certain judgment. So, can't wait for this to go over the radio. Ho ho. Am I going to get some emails? Are you in a cult? Where'd you get that? Stuff? No, it's just right there. Peter talked about it. The old fisherman, remember him? He talked about it. And hey, Jude. So did he. <laughs> need a, yeah. Well, Father, we just thank you for the sobering reality of the Word of God. And we see, Lord, that your Scripture is in unity and, Lord, it flows as a continuum. One book agreeing with the other agreeing with the other and we thank you lord for the testimony of the word tonight that there is a terrible place called hell and that no one is exempt who does not lean on the blood and the cross of Christ no one is special but you will judge and we pray that you will help us lord to win as many people to Christ in our lifetimes as we can that they would avoid such a fate. Thank you, Lord, for your profound word. Now you just take a minute, anything you need to say to the Lord, just go ahead. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. hallelujah i sense god here really strongly you know he's really confirming his word and evidencing his word thank you lord how many of you can say this put the fear of the lord in me tonight Amen. (laughs) amen all right well pray for us i talked to the owner of this building last night and they may have sold it